Hello and welcome to the latest Record Rangers podcast. Before we start, don't forget if you want to get our pods as soon as they go online, please subscribe at iTunes or any other good podcasting platform. If you like the podcast, don't forget to rate them at iTunes, which means more people get the chance to enjoy them in future. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Mark McDougall and today I'm joined by Scott McDermott. On the podcast today we talk about Pedro Cachinha after his sacking, we talk about who will replace him and the current favourites for the job. Starting off, Scott, you seen Rangers last night, uh, how did that go and uh, what was Cachinha like? I think it was fairly obvious, Mark, after last night that, that Pedro Cachinha had managed his last game for Rangers. Um, I did feel as much as Sunday the Motherwell defeat uh, at Hamden was a was a disaster for him. I did always think the board would still give him a chance in the league, um, and I think from what I've heard, you know, they pretty much decided on Sunday that the next two games were going to be critical for him. Kilmarnock at home and Hearts away. <clears throat> if he'd have won those two games, you know, he'd have probably get the next one. So I think Partick Thistle at home and that would have taken them into the international break. We could have maybe then assess things. If he had a won the, those three games, I suppose you could have argued that they were still in touching distance with, with Celtic and Aberdeen. But I always felt any slip up at all in those games, um, and he'd be a goner, and, and that's the way it worked out. And last night, just did a, from minute one, just did a real bad feeling about the whole place, negative feeling, a, a dark cloud really over Ibrox. And even when Rangers went one up, he still felt there was a, a twist in the tail. Um, and Kilmarnock really came on to a game second half and probably about half an hour to go. He always felt they're going to get a chance um, and it could go, it could really go pear shape for Rangers and Cassini. When it did and everything happened at the end, no, the missed penalty, Ryan Jack sending off, I mean, if there was ever going to be an end to Pedro Cachinha's reign, that was it in a nutshell last night. And in the press conference after it, I mean, probably most fans won't really appreciate it, but actually being in the press room last night and seeing Cachinha for the first time, he was like a shadow of the man that we've kind of you know, got to know over the last few months. If that was any other game, <coughs> any other point in the season, I think he would have come out bold, brash, no, maybe they'd go at the referee, maybe they'd go at Kurt Broadfoot, maybe even they'd go at his own players for, for failing him again. But he was so quiet, so subdued. There was no kind of, uh, no, he didn't get, uh, what I'm looking for, he, he, he didn't have any passion about him. No, he, he seemed to have, that was drained out of him. And I can only assume that he knew last night that that slip-up was going to cost him his job. And that's that's what's happened today, and no, I can't say I'm surprised. Was it seven of the starting lineup last night? Was his players? Was the signings he made the summer, and then obviously as well, you could say eight with Ross McCrory in there as yeah. well. Did the players let him down? Um, I think a few players have certainly let him down. Uh, particularly ones, as you say, ones that he's brought in. I think there's one or two that you can say have kind of, no, maybe not perform to the. the the best of their capabilities, but they've at least put a shift in for them. Um, but we go back to the the, the f- no, without wanting to pick on the foreign signings, but he spent big money on. I think we spoke about this before. I mean, he spent big money on a spine, which included 
Fabio Cardozo, Carlos Pena, Eduardo Herrera, you know, just to pick three. And I think we'd all agree that those three have been have been pretty poor since they came in. I mean Cardozo I would maybe cut a wee bit of slack because I still think he's he's young enough, he's still learning the game, he's young for a centre back. You'd be willing to give him a bit more time. But big money was spent on Peña and Herrera and they just haven't done it for him. Uh, and I keep going back to the uh, I said last uh, earlier in the week I mean, when you think of that Mullow game at Hamden you know, 1-0 down the semi-final of the cup at Hamden it's Rangers you're the big favourites you're expected to win and at 1-0 down he throws on Aaron Namani I mean uh, no disrespect to the, the young boy but a kid on loan for Man City He's got no first team experience whatsoever. Looks again without being unkind, looks kind of miles off where he should be in terms of playing for Rangers first team. And he's thrown him on to try and salvage the, the Cup semi. I mean, to me, that was a real damning indictment of Kishinya and where Rangers are as a as a squad just now. Could that side be an argument started argument that maybe the board let him down as well? As like obviously he did get a lot of money to spend, but he did get that money on the final day or that to say Jamie Walker and so that means the man he has to be his backup left winger would well I mean you could flip it and say if if the man he was going to be the guy coming in no would you know I just kept Barry McKay no I know no people have got their own opinions of Barry McKay a lot of Rangers fans no didn't think he was good enough but I mean my god you would take Barry McKay every day of the week over Aaron Namani or even over Daltio who yeah. has come in and loan from Benfica over Josh Windass as well you would exactly, say exactly exactly in his current form so I think Pedro's made a lot of bad decisions I don't think in terms of the the money the board gave him I mean listen if the fees are to be believed that, that he spent on on a lot of these guys particularly the Mexicans then I don't really think you can label that the board I mean they've gave him a decent amount of money to spend um, but I just think he's made he's made poor decisions granted the Jamie Walker one yep I've spoke before about how I think the board did let him down on that one because Hearts were willing to do a deal very late on if Rangers had pushed the boat out and I don't think Dave King and the board were, were willing to do that and listen I'm not saying Jamie Walker coming in would have saved Pedro Cusinha or saved Rangers season but He'd have certainly been a big improvement in some of the ones that are there just now. Right from the start of Pedro Cassini's reign though, he's always been quite erratic with his teams and some selections. You think back to, I think it was his second game in charge against Motherwell at Ibrox when it was 1-0 at half-time and he made three substitutions and played John Terrell and Andy Haldy yeah. at full-back. It's, it was, that's kind of summed up his whole reign, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's never quite settled on a formation, a system... I mean, without being too critical, I mean, Pedro spoke quite regularly about how he wanted the team to play and you know, his style of play, but I mean, really, as we're sitting here just now, you know, what is his style of play? Do, do we really know? You know? I mean, say what you like about Mark Warburton, and I'm not saying his Rangers team were any better than Cashinia's, but the one thing you knew about Warburton was it was his team. You know, they played in his style, you know, that, that whole passing out for the back and stuff and getting the keeper to play and you know, see he had a real identity, that team had a, an identity about it. I don't really think you can say the same about this one. At the start of this season, I hold my hands up, you know, probably a lot of people 
we thought Kishinya had stumbled across this four four two, and despite being the oldest formation, it was somehow that was going to you know, get Rangers up the table and you no, know, start a kind of new new dawn. And for a wee while, it looked encouraging. It looked positive, but when you look at it now, I mean that's where I feel sorry for a few of the players, probably eh, Graham Dorans and Ryan Jack in particular, because they're being used in a essentially a two-man midfield and almost every other club in Scotland plays with three guys in there and I think they've just found it really tough you know, the Motherwell game is a prime example uh, on Sunday um, so I feel sorry for those two a wee bit and it just falls it just goes back to what we're saying about Pedro no no establishing a system a formation that, that could be successful for them yeah, talking about that Probably Graham Dorn's best game was against St Johnston when they played two in midfield as well. Sure. So he's not had to do the work of an extra man and that helps a lot. Yeah, I also think with Ryan Jack, um, to me Ryan Jack will be useful to you as a player if you use him as the, as the sitting midfielder, which is in front of the back four on his own with two guys in front of him playing. I don't think you can play Ryan Jack in a 4-4-2 where your two midfielders then have to be dynamic, getting about the pitch, box to box, have a bit of everything in their game. Now, I think Graham Dorans has got that, but I say I think the best way, of how you get the best out of Ryan Jack is in a, in a three-man midfield where he's the anchor and he's got two two runners in front of him. And we've not, we've not even seen that yet this season. Well, Cassidy is now gone. Who replaces him? Obviously, you've got... Billy Davis is the current bookies' favourite. You've got Derek McInnes, Alec McLeish, Charlie Adams been calling for Alex McLeish with yeah. uh, Alec Gray and Kevin Thompson's assistance. What, what sort of way would do you think Rangers will go? To me, Mark, I think it's got to the stage now for Rangers where Derek McInnes is just a no-brainer for them. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but probably before they appointed Mark Warburton and certainly before they appointed Pedro Cusinha, they should have went for Derek McInnes. Um And I think now, when you look at that Rangers squad, you look at the whole club, I think it just needs somebody like Derek who knows the place, knows the club, knows the supporters, knows what it means to them, having, having played there. Uh, you know, during a great, a great spell for the club, obviously. Um, it'll cost a lot of money. You know, Derek McInnes signed a new deal recently, as we know. It could cost up to a million pound probably to get him and, and I would assume Tony Doherty as well but I actually think now after Aberdeen's result last night against Celtic this might be the perfect time to go and get Derek McInnes because for the first time last night after the game he sounded like a guy who kind of realised or accept, now accepts the fact that he can't really take Aberdeen any further um, I mean that they've First nine games of the season, neck and neck with Celtic, doing great. And basically go last night and get their, get their pants pulled down, essentially, by, by, the, by the champions who are you know, miles ahead. Um, and I just don't know where Derek McInnes can go with Aberdeen, the way, where he can take them. At least if he, if he were to go to Rangers, there's serious room for improvement there. No, there's, a, there's a clear target. Uh, if you got him in just now... I think the Rangers board would be wise to say, listen, your remit just now 
is to go and get us into second place, clear second place, Europa League. In January, we'll try and help you, maybe get a couple of players out and a couple of players in. But next summer, if you get second place, next summer we sit down and you can put your real, real kind of stamp on it. When Warburton left at first, uh, Stuart Robertson said that Rangers would hire a director of football, then hire a head coach. They did it the other way about. Mark Allen's there now. How big a role will he have in selecting the next manager? But this is a problem, I think, um, for Rangers because until this point, <laughs> I mean, Mark Allen got appointed in the first August, I think, and he still hasn't done an interview. He's never been made available uh, to to the media, so we don't really know what his thoughts are on his role um, and what he's doing at the club, but. Certainly at clubs around the UK and abroad, it's part of the director of football's remit to go and find the next manager. The, 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 the perfect example is, is Southampton. Everybody talks about Southampton. I think it's Les, is it Les Reed that's yeah, the director yeah, of football. Yeah. So he goes and you know, sources the next manager, actually before the current manager's even out a job. So when, when the, the current manager goes, he knows who the next guy's going to be. No. If Rangers are sticking to that kind of template and they've told Mark Allen that that's part of his role, you would have to imagine, given Mark Allen's background, he's not going to look to Aberdeen for the next Rangers manager. He's going to look down south or abroad to people he knows, people he's worked with within the game. If he turns around, if it is his job to go and get the next manager and he goes before the Rangers board and says, right chaps, I've done my my home, I've done my research, I've got your next manager, it's Derek McInnes. <clears throat> they could probably turn around and say, well, God, we, we could have picked him <laughs> ourselves, do you know what I mean? So, there's a wee bit of conflict there, or is it time for the, and again, this goes back to the fact we don't really know what Mark Allen's role is, because he's no, he's no spoken. Do the board just say to Mark Allen, listen, you carry on with what you're doing, I believe he's putting a scouting network in place, He's obviously having a big uh, influence on the academy and stuff like that. Carry on what you're doing. On this occasion, we're going to go and get the next manager because we know who we want. We think it's an obvious choice. Derek McInnes is, has what we believe we need at this current time. So leave it to us and we'll, we'll go and get it done. But it's going to be so interesting to see how that develops and, as you say, what influence Mark Allen's going to have on it. If Mark Allen does have any thoughts on it, an interesting name that's been popping up in the bookies is Patrick Vieira. Obviously, he worked with Mark Allen at Man City as a youth coach. He's doing quite well at New York City. He's really highly rated within Man City's football group. Yep. Could he be an option? He could be an option. I mean, if Mark Allen knows him and has worked with him, then, of course, as, as we say, if, if Mark Allen is, has got that job of going finding the new the new Rangers manager, then why wouldn't Vieira be, be high on his list? Again, it comes down to money. I don't know what the fi- finances would be to attract a guy like that. I mean, listen, it's a, a stellar name. I mean, he would be he would attract a lot of attention. I'm sure it would get the fans excited. Um, I'm not too sure just about how good a job he's done at New York City. I know he's had an unbelievable playing career. People talk about him in glowing terms as a as a young coach. But my only no my only cause for concern with that or any manager like that is just that the current predicament Rangers are in 
as I say, from the outside, it just feels like they need, I wouldn't say a safe pair of hands, because that almost sounds derogatory in a way, but they just need somebody that knows the scene, knows the league, knows the transfer market here, and most importantly knows the club and the supporters, and Derek McInnes ticks every box for me. Where a new manager comes in, how much work will they have to do in the squad? I would argue that he's got a decent start eleven there. He doesn't quite have any depth within the squad. Because no. you look at the bench last night, you've got Nemanja, yeah. Barjonas, Dalcio. I think that's a decent base there for, for for a team. I mean, I think no, I don't think you would. Think any new manager coming in, I don't you'd be dying to get ready with Fodringham, for instance, and goal pulled off an great save last night. I think he'd be quite happy with having Bruno Alves as his main centre-back. Again, we spoke about Cardozo. I think there's room for improvement there. Again, he'd be somebody that a new manager would think, I can work with him, I can coach him, I can make him better. He's obviously came for a good standard in, in Portugal, so he must have something about him. Um, I think you would see, if a new manager came in, you would think to start with a clean slate, the likes of Kenny Miller being the obvious one. Lee Wallace, when he's back fit, no, would all kind of come back in at the fold. I think Declan John's been a good signing for them and loan. As I said before, I think Jack and Doran's, again, is a decent base for the midfield, but as you say, you need more depth. Of course, any new manager coming in would want to make a couple of changes in January, I think. Um, I think no, Daltio somehow has to get back to Benfica's <laughs> D team or wherever he's, wherever he's come from. Uh, young boy Nemani, I think, would go back to Man City or even drop into the, the Rangers under-20s team or whatever, you know, to get a bit more experience. Question marks over the Mexicans, obviously, uh, Peña and Herrera. <coughs> Josh Windass is another one that would, that would maybe maybe worry about, about his future, but I, I do think there's a base there, whether it be Derek McInnes, Alec McLeish, whoever, they would come in and think, right, I've got a decent base to work with, if I tinker with it and make a couple of wee changes in January, I can improve it enough to at least get them into second, and then we'll sit down in the summer and look at the squad as a whole and see... Know, decide where we're going, what direction we want to go in, and the type of players that I need to get in. Surely, any manager that comes in just looks at Louis Bolt and Jamie Walker, and straight away you're approved, and what, maybe you, you a million, so. just over a million for yeah. the team? I mean, we've, we've said before, Jamie Walker should have been signed before the, before the deadline, um, and it didn't happen. Louis Bolt, have to hold my hands up, I mean, I've uh, I've spoken this before, but I, I wasn't really convinced by Lemo. But I must, I must admit, I mean, started this season, he's he's proved me wrong. I mean, I always thought he's a decent finisher, decent goal scorer. I just didn't know whether he, you know, he had the real kind of quality to, to go to a, a big club like Rangers or, or Celtic. But I think he's shown. I mean, that that finish at Hamden last week was was really? incredible. So you're right. I think someone like him would be a no-brainer to go in and try and get. Um, again, you know what you're going to get because he knows the league. Of course, there are question marks that everybody talks about. Can he handle playing for Rangers? Not going to a bigger club, more expectation, more pressure, more outside pressure. Being a Rangers player, 
any player going there has to has to prove that. But Louis Moult, Jamie Walker, Kenny McLean would be the three obvious ones that, that spring to mind who are all out of contract. You can speak to all three of them in January and either try and get them in January or tie them up for the start of next season. So I would be amazed if, if any Rangers manager, any new Rangers manager coming in doesn't have those three on, on his radar. That's all from us this week. We'll be back next Wednesday for 4pm. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. Contact us on Twitter at Record Sport. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audioboom to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.